Good morning. Thank you. Um, before I kick into what, where I want to go this morning, I just um, I wanted to take a moment uh, to um, just quickly acknowledge Chris. He won't like this very much. It's his birthday today. So please do go and give him a birthday hug or go and give him a birthday prophetic word after we're done. And I'm sure he would appreciate that greatly. Um, yeah, we prayed for him earlier as part of having him speak into my life, encourage me, and all of that stuff. So thank you, Chris, for all that you are. Thank you for being an amazing father to this house, to this church, and everything you bring. It's an absolute privilege. Thank you very much. Cool. So we are carrying on this morning on our culture adventure. So... You hopefully, if you've been around over the last few months, would have um, been part of um, hearing about all of the, the culture uh, here, and hopefully you've all got one of these lovely culture journals, which are um, available at the back if you haven't got one. They are £10 each. Please do grab one. They are an amazing resource just to um, create space for you to process what it says in here. Process what you feel God is saying to you as we work through some of these, these themes and what's happening. Um, so we talk about our culture as being the environment we curate to nurture the things we wish to see. And as we've been going through that over the past months, we have today reached number 10. I know God is good, is in red at the top because that's really important. But we've reached number 10 today as we celebrate risk as we pursue the impossible. Wow. And um, so you, this is 10 of 11, so we're nearly to the end of this. We're going to be going with this till the end of March, and then we'll see what God wants to say after that. But, um, yeah, so, can we stand, please? Yeah. That'd be awesome. I just want to for us to read these out together. This is what we mean when we say we celebrate risk as we pursue the impossible. So that's our, I'll kick you off and we'll just all read this together. 10a. We believe that faith means trying. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. We're not winning any spelling competitions, but that's fine. 10b. We embrace mystery, not always having to understand what God is doing. And 10c. We believe there is no growth without risk. And we place risk higher than success. Encouraging people to take courage. To be courageous. To be courageous. Okay. Different version. To be courageous and take. Can, um, sorry, the ringing be sorted, please. <laughs> Thank you. Pardon? I can do whatever you want me to do, Julian. Whatever's easy. Okay. Okay. Hello, right, there we go. So, what does taking risk look like? I, um, I absolutely love how God links things together and there's a flow in what he's saying to us as a church at the moment. And 
As I've, as I've been preparing for, for this morning, there's this beautiful um, kind of like flow stream of, of realization and revelation that I feel has been, God's shown me as, um, as I've been preparing for talking about taking risk and what that looks like. And it was amazing that Nick ended the talk she did last week in the way she did. And she, sp- she spoke about and gave us some really practical examples of how we hear God speaking to us, how we, how we engage with hearing the rhema word of God. And I think there's, a, there's a, a word for all of us as individuals and as a church as well, moving into what Chris spoke about, Nick spoke about, and then what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks as well. As we learn more about hearing God's voice, it must lead to action. It will lead to action. As we hear the voice of the Father, voice of the great shepherd as his, as his sheep, as we learn to hear his voice and learn to walk in, to, in what he's saying, it's going to lead to us taking steps, taking action, moving forward. It's going to open up invitations and opportunities for us. And we need to step out in obedience to that. And there's an invitation into obedience. You can't be obedient without first learning to hear God's voice. You can't be obedient to, some, to someone or a voice that you can't hear. So that's stage one, which we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. And, take, and stage two of that is that we need to take courage in taking risks to activate what, what God's calling us into, to, to, for the obedience to rise up for us to step into that. And in order to do that, we need to activate the gift of faith that's inside of us. And that will help us to act on what we've heard, what we're hearing God saying, and step into obedience as we move on. And I hope you experienced some of that last week. And the last exercise that Nick encouraged us to do was to... Um, to hear what God was speaking about someone in the room. And she encouraged us to take a step and go and share that with someone. Now, I would love to see a show of hands. If someone came and spoke to you last week with a word that encouraged you. Cool. See, as people step out in obedience and bring a word, bring something to you, as we do that, it builds us up. It encourages us and it, it takes, it just builds up us as the body, as God's people, as we talk to one another and share what God is saying with one another. But that takes us stepping out in, in, in obedience. I'm going to ditch the paper and use my iPad. It would have taken a risk for anyone that shared those words to put themselves out there, admittedly to different degrees to some people. And if for some people, just going and talking to someone here on a Sunday morning is a massive step. And for others of us, it might have been the depth of the word that we had to bring. I heard someone say this week that they had the word sedentary. And so, but that, I imagine, like, um, wasn't the easiest word to go and give to someone. But then it led into further conversation and further um, breakthrough as they, they spoke. And God kind of speaking more through that word into the person that they shared it with. It's going to involve us as we step out in obedience to what what we hear God is saying. That we might perceive it as being slightly foolish or 
or slightly foolhardy or a hard thing to do. But God's inviting us to take risks. Like I've said, this is going to look different to different people and different of you in this space. But to be obedient, and I think this is it, when we hear God's word, to be obedient is going to require us taking courage and using the measure of faith that he's given to us to step into that. And I think there's a call and an invitation into all of us as individuals and Numa Church as a whole and possibly on beyond as well, that God is bringing a rise in faith in us. He's stirring something in us that's new, that's different. There's a depth of faith that we haven't seen before that's going to release something amazing as his kingdom is coming through us, through this church and beyond as well. It's going to demand something of us as we step into more of that and let that rise up. As we let that rise up inside of us, as we accept God's gift of faith in our life. And as we, yeah, let it, we, we need to grow it, to nurture it, to, to, let it, to let it rise inside of us in order to step into the risks that, I meant, that we mentioned in those culture statements there. If we're going to pursue what could seem otherwise impossible, it's going to take God to do a work in us. And this morning, I just want to unpack a little bit of what that might look like. So, you're going to need a pen and paper with you this morning. Um, if you, I think, oh, they've been they're out on the seats and stuff. If you've got a journal or you want to write in that or um, something on your phone or whatever, that's okay. It doesn't need to be the pen and paper in front of you. You can keep the pen, by the way. They're Numa pens. They're awesome. <laughs> there you go. We've got loads of them, so take them. <laughs> uh, so if, if anyone hasn't got pen or paper or anything to write in, can you wave your hand in the air right now? And one of our lovely welcome team will bring you, bring you something around. And as the... Thank you, Evie. And as, as they're doing that, you can, you've got two options here. There's a, a gentleman at the back there who needs um, uh, a pen as well. Thank you. But you've got two options here. I would love for you to turn to the person next to you on your table or, and ask them the question, what is faith? If you don't want to talk to someone, then you can just write it down on your bit of paper. But I'd love for you to write that down right now. So have a, ask them the question, what is faith? Go. Fifteen more seconds to unpack your definition of faith. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Get something written down. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Shh. <laughs> Hey, I hope you've all had a, a good chat about that. And if you were sat someone, sat next to someone who knows their Bible really well, they might have mentioned Hebrews 11 to you. <laughs> oh, hang on, I've lost it. So, if you've got your Bible with you, please could you turn to Hebrews 11? Um, 
if you haven't, that's, that's cool. It's up on the screen. So I've got two different versions up on the screen I'm going to read from right now. The first says this. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. I've lost it on there. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. The Passion Translation for this verse says this. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Faith is so much more than just belief. It's so much more than just uh, information based on electoral reasoning. Faith is deep-rooted. It's a knowing down in your, in your gut, in your soul. Now, you can quite easily believe that Jesus existed. You can, there's historical texts all through, there's the Gospels, all of that. But do you have faith in Jesus? In the same way that you can kind of believe that Julius Caesar existed from what you read, from understanding. But do you have faith in Julius Caesar? There's a whole other layer to understanding that moves faith from a level of just knowing to, to, to knowing. To knowing in your gut, to knowing in your soul, to knowing, just, just knowing. And where it says in verse 3 in the Passion Translation that I just read, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. It's faith that lets us see the kingdom of heaven, God's plan A, nothing missing, nothing broken, come and collide and break into the chaos of this world. It's faith that allows us to speak the kingdom of heaven into being into the world around us. Just as God spoke life, we can declare life and goodness into darkness and into the spaces in the world we see around us, all through faith. And you can write this list down if you want. This is, based, this is what I've pulled out of those, those three verses. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. Faith is assurance about what we do not see. Faith brings what we hope for, our hope, into reality. Faith becomes the foundation to acquire the things we long for. Faith leads to the invisible becoming visible and empowers us to speak things into being. Faith is celebrated... Sorry, it's up there, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Faith is celebrated throughout the Bible. And by faith, we move into the calling and the fullness of everything that God has for us. There's, Hebrews 11 goes on 
to describe and list people throughout um, and the Old Testament who have lived by faith. And faith leads to the, all these things as they describe them. So it says, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness. That comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. It goes on and on and on, talking about Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Moses. And then it says this, the writer of Hebrews says, And what more shall I say? I do not have the time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and whom became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world wasn't worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for the faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. All of the Old Testament believers that are listed here, their faith wasn't complete, but they were, they were able to, to, to do, to conquer, to, to shut the mouths of lions, do all of those things that I've just listed there. But our faith can be made perfect, can be made through, perfect through Jesus, and he gives us a measure of faith. I wonder how that makes you feel. I'm not standing up here saying that I have this sorted. And even a number of people that were listed, uh, listed in Hebrews had it all sorted. They didn't. <laughs> but they had the God-given faith for the task set out in front of them. As they stepped out in obedience, God used the measure of faith that they had to release the supernatural and what he was calling them to do. So this morning, I wonder, what is God setting in front of you? And what measure of faith do you have? Going back to your bits of paper again, your journals, whatever. Just spend a moment considering one thing, just one thing for now, 
that you would love to have faith for that you don't at the moment? What is that something that maybe you've heard God saying in the past but hasn't come to fruition? Or something you're praying for that you would like to see change? What is it that you would like to have faithful happening in your life or God doing in you? Or even something you've heard God say to you that you're waiting to happen? What is that thing? Just spend a moment to, to write that down. And if you can't think of something specific for you, for you if there's one thing that you are maybe you think you'd like that to you, you want to perceive that differently or see change if you're if you're in debt and want to be released from debt maybe that's that one thing you can write down if you want a job if you're unemployed maybe that's that one thing that you can write down something that you are longing for a staring of faithful that you want to see changing give you a minute to do that Paul writes in Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. Let me me go to that and we'll read it. Sorry, it's not going to come up on the screen. but He says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. And we can use those gifts into proportion to the measure of faith that we've been given to use them. And as we write those things on that bit of paper there, I wonder what is it that we, we have faith for? What, what, what gifts can we receive or, and along with the measure of faith that we have to equip us to see breakthrough in those things that we've written on that bit of paper? Do we have the tools at hand that we need ready to go? And I wonder if there are people around us as well that if we don't have the tools, does someone else have those tools? That the measure of faith that they have is, is enough to kind of contribute to ours, to build ours up. I was struck as I was preparing this about the, the Syrophoenician woman uh, who um, Jesus heals her daughter. And it's not the daughter that comes with any faith to Jesus, it, it's her mum that comes. And Jesus says to the woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. The mum came with great faith on behalf of her daughter. 
didn't need the daughter to have great faith, but the mother came on her behalf, half, and it was her faith that Jesus could see to bring healing to the daughter. So there are people around you in this family, in this church, that have measures of faith as well. So talking about these things on these bits of paper, I haven't really got time to do this massively now. But take them to people. Go take them to people. Go and pray with people about it. Talk to them. Release your heart for these things to other people. Then maybe we'll go, I've got the, the faith, the measure of faith to, to help you see what you want to see, to, to act in what you hear God is saying to that situation. Just before we pray together and move on, I just... There's a question that I had in preparing all this, and that's how do we measure, grow the measure of faith we have? I'm not going to go there yet. Faith is a gift given to us, and I firmly believe that we can grow that gift, but in order to spend time growing anything, we need to nurture it, we need to look after it, and we need to feed it. There's a quote from Bill Johnson that Chris reminded me about the other day. And he said, we need to cry out in the public place. And that will lead to taking risks in the... Hang on, I've got that wrong. We need to cry out in the private place. And that will lead to us taking risks in the public place. I think the nurturing of that gift that God has given us comes as we spend time with Father God in the quiet place as we let him, let him grow in us, as we let him kind of water, use his irrigation system on the gift and faith that he has given us. It says in the book of James that as you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So in terms of how we grow our faith, to grow the measure of faith we have for these things we long to see, Number one is nurturing it, spending time with Father God, letting him water it in your own time, in your own place, in the secret space. Spending time listening to what he's saying to you, what he's ministering to you. And that's going to nurture that, your, your faith in that way. But how else do we need to grow it? If we're nurturing it, we then need to feed it. In a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, Paul writes a lot about faith to Timothy. If you, I don't know if you want to go and read the book, there's a lot about faith in there. But he, he says this as part of that. Um, I can find it. So if you point these things out to your brothers, he's talking about pointing out faith and the truth of faith. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. In the Passion Translation, it says, If you will teach the believers these things, you will be known as a faithful and good minister of Jesus, the Anointed One. Nurture others in the living words of faith and in the knowledge of grace which you were taught. Nurture others in the living words of faith. If we're going to increase our measure of faith, we need to feed it. And we feed it by hearing stories. We feed it by hearing truth. We hear it, feed it by hearing who God is and what he's done. 
And if you want an increase in your faith, find someone who's, hearing, who's seeing that happen in their lives, who's seeing God move in their life. I know people around this room who've seen answers to prayer just this week. I know people around this room who have led people to Jesus this week. I know people in this room, I can see them right now, who've encountered Jesus for themselves and have had a breakthrough encounter with him that's shaken their life upside down. I encourage you around this place, if you want to see your faith increase, go and ask people stories. Go and say, what's God doing in your life at the moment? That's going to see your faith increase. That's going to encourage you. That's going to build you up. Words of faith will feed us and will feed your faith and see it grow to something bigger. There's something about writing down things that God has spoken to us, and Nick talked about this last week as well, in terms of feeding your faith as well. Write down when you hear God say something, speak, when someone speaks something to you that they say is like a prophetic word, or, and you can go back to those and let those feed your faith as well. There are things that God spoken over me years and years and years ago as a teenager that I haven't seen happen yet. But as I go back and read them and I see the other things that God has done in my life, I know that they'll help to build me up. To build my faith to see the things, the amazing things that he's got for me yet. Every bead in, those mirac- in the miracle jar there is a story of faith, of someone stepping out in faith, of every answered prayer. That comes as a result of someone activating the measure of faith that they have inside of them. So I would say, if you see someone go and put a bead in that jar, go and ask, what's the story? I want you to feed my faith. As we hear the word of God and step into all that he has for us, it's going to need to lead to obedience and us taking risks, stepping out, using the measure of faith that we have given to us, the gifts that God has so beautifully gives to us. And I want to encourage you to keep looking to grow and nurture your faith as you do that, as you step into those things. Can you stand, please? This. <laughs> do you jump in jacks if you want? <laughs> I just want to encourage you right now, if you want to see a greater measure of faith in your life, if something I've said this morning has resonated you, if you want an increase in the confidence of what you hope for, if you want an increase in your assurance, if you want to be released to bring your hope into reality, if you want faith to become the foundation to acquire the things you long for, if you want faith to lead your words in speaking the invisible into becoming visible, if you want to move fully in the calling and everything that God has for you, then I encourage you just to put your hands out right in front of you now and just say, God, Holy Spirit, come. Increase my faith. Nurture my faith. The seeds that are planted inside of you, that mustard seed of faith that you had can grow into to fullness. Holy Spirit, come. Release. Release across this room right now a new increased measure of faith across everyone in this room right now.
<laughs> Brian, come on, Holy Spirit, come. Blow through right now. Hearts turn to you again. Come on. There's a greater measure of faith being released around this room right now. Breathe him in. If you can feel him speaking to you, if you feel him ministering to you, take a deep breath. Because it then comes out in our voices as we speak out who he is. But breathe it in to let it out. I encourage you as you go out from this space take those bits of paper what you've written down today put them in just in a prominent place and keep asking God to nurture your faith to see that happen to move in what he's calling you into next there is a greater level of faith available to us there is yeah <laughs> there's an increase there's there's something in in this at the moment for us as individuals and as a church, he's going to release a greater measure of faith across all of us, not just this morning, but beyond as well. It's coming, it's coming. I'm excited. Bring it on. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.